Hello. 6.57 p.m. on the East Coast. And it is a Thursday night, and we are about to leap over an entire week again. We got tonight, which I think we should be able to drum up some good conversation. Last night's show was great. And it occurred to me that That's not going to be the only time that we talk about things like the power of disgust, the motivating power of disgust, which is essentially another way of saying, what was your breaking point? Gotta do that again. Well, I could have gone for hours more with the phone calls, and I got a few breaking point stories that came in um, after the show. Some personal friends of mine I was even on the phone with for a little bit, and I was like, damn, I wish you had called in. It just goes to show that some things are bigger than any kind of conversation that could be produced in an hour in a live setting because it was really only the second half of the show. But even two hours wouldn't have been enough. So it'll come back. And I'm about to dick in. Dick in. Holy jeez. I'm about. (laughs) What time is it? Don't even have a watch on. We're only a minute in. (laughs) Uh. I am going to dig in to all of the old threads that we did. Many of them don't exist anymore. Most of them. I would say 90% of the threads that we ever did for this show, the original content that we built up for this show, they were all on Reddit. So I can't read them anymore. But I I still have them bookmarked so I can see what the title was. So I can at least recreate the subject matter and we can just bring some of them back things that are are worthy of of repeating so uh ladies and gents i'm happy that you are here with me tonight on this 27th day of april 2023 and what do we have on the evening edition tonight well we have a little bit uh we have tucker carlson he put out a statement his first public statement a little vague but whatever we'll watch it together It's only about two minutes long, so I grabbed that. That happened in the middle of last night's show, around the intermission. And then there is... um, You have to listen to this testimony from a whistleblower from HHS about what's going on at the southern border. Things that won't surprise us at all. But uh, a lot of people are wondering where all of the actresses like AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, dressed in white down there, weeping fake tears at the border where all the children in cages people are at this point. So we'll talk about that 
I want to I want to let that roll out. And then there is a little something that I got to show you. It is this uh, this person at the top of the pecking order of the teachers union, one of the larger teachers unions out there, Randy Weingarten, the same ogre that we saw screaming about student loan forgiveness a couple of months ago. Well, she's out there to once again assist in this this real time historical revisionist movement with the whole COVID lockdowns, what was going on during that time, and the people who were responsible for abusing an entire nation, nay, an entire planet, and its children in school, and people that were on the work for, in workforces, in settled jobs that suddenly were, were uh, being held hostage in medical situations and being sent home and furloughed, and all those people who did that to us, who should be put on trial and dealt with harshly, they are now going on limited hangout mea culpa tours, acting like the things that they themselves did and members of their covens did, didn't actually happen. Or they were just so overcome with the, 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 the need to help people in need. They didn't know what was going on, but they just wanted to help so badly that they, they decided to make all the wrong decisions, the decisions that would so obviously ruin people's lives and uh, and set us back for decades. Hasten the collapse of the dollar, everything else. Well, they're all out there doing these limited hangout mea culpa tours. Like, you know, just letting their hearts bleed for everybody who's willing to watch. So I want to talk about that. Because it's not so much, oh, here's another disingenuous freak who is trying to walk away from a fire that she helped other people light. But it's more so about when you watch things like this, how does it how does it make you question other things that you grew up believing to be true? Because what we are watching right now, especially in this heightened state of awareness that we're that many of us are in, because that is unlike uh the state of awareness that people uh you'll see something else there too. We had a clinical diagnosis made by an old uh who is this guy? Let me see. An ex-U.S. Army PSYOPs expert. We're going to be talking about that. He's made a clinical diagnosis on uh, on much of the country. But those of us who, for whom this, this, this does not apply, I would say, or to whom, I would say that we are witnessing a real-time layering of new revisionist history where you see how a very very um, uh, stark reality is being slowly covered over with layers of sediment layers of lies and sediment normalizing gaslighting all that stuff and new history is being created makes you wonder how many times that has happened so that'll I guess uh, it'll leave us with a couple of open-ended questions on a number of topics for the second half so We'll see what comes in from the audience. Uh, as we go along, just sit there with a little uh, pad of paper and a pen and write down something that you want to comment on. A story, anything that's relevant. I'd love to hear from you. The number is 914-595-6953. We'll get through that at the end. For now, I want to just uh, thank my sponsors and my friends, all of them, on Quite Frankly TV on the affiliates page 
there's a wonderful list of people over there that you really got to go check out. At the top of them is Blue Monster Prep. They help you get prepared for life. Apex Water. Go uh, call up Victoria about Apex Water. Wonderful. I, every day. It's, a, it's in every water bottle that Aurora sips on. Uh, KungFuChannel.com. I, I was working out with Rob again today. Soon he will be back. We don't know when. I don't know what day of the week. It probably won't be a Thursday. But uh, he will be back. And I just say, it, the KungFuChannel.com is Rob's internet headquarters for all the essential mind-body work that he does. Qigong, Tai Chi, Kung Fu, it's all together. Make that part of your switching things up in your life. You want things in your life to change, you got to change the things in your life. Rob is a good guy to, to, to link up with in that respect. Lefty's hand-rolled cigars. It's cigar season. Rise Attire, Dr. Gottwoods. We've got to talk about Dr. Gottwoods because they're going to be giving away something in the general raffle for May that I think a lot of you out there are going to love. Um, I'll show it to you. I have to get all that material together. But Flip City, we got Flip City Magazine, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. We were just talking with Tony again uh, at the beginning of the week. So go on over there and, and uh, check it all out. It's all American companies all-american spirit and um they have it cheers cheers to you all all right so into the grab bag we go sharpening our knives for the main course here we are with this you remember this this woman do you remember this woman e Jean carroll a couple of years ago she said uh, trump raped me the conga line of idiots that came with he raped me too trump looked at me wrong in the frozen food aisle in 1973 I, he was undressing me with his eyes could i have a dollar writer e Jean carroll she's like a i don't know i don't know what she writes i forgot we used to we looked into what she was writing when we were making fun of her a couple of years ago because obviously she's she's full of shit and she stopped going on television once she appeared on Anderson Cooper. And and anytime you look, you go out and you look for any of those old, uh, all those old clips, which happens to be one of her last clips on television in the last few years. And then there was COVID, and then there was they uh, they knew that they people like E. Jean Carroll were not going to get Trump removed from office, like they were parading them out there to try to do. So uh, they just went away, but she shoved herself off of the stage a little bit prematurely, especially when she went on to Anderson Cooper, obviously sauced up, probably had a, a, a whole a jug of vodka before she went up there. And she made that comment about... Um, you know, rape can be sexy, or people think the rape is sexy, and she started really weirding people out. And 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 I don't know if if I might be remembering this correctly because there's been so many phony rape accusers in the last hour, however many years now. But is E. Jean Carroll the one that we dug in and we found that the, her testimony about how Trump raped her in a, in a dressing room was like a carbon copy of an obscure television show episode? I forgot what was going on with this loser. But anyway, anyway, writer E. Jean Carroll spars with Trump, lawyer from the witness stand, said, I was raped. Carol, 79 years old, maintains the attack happened while shopping with Trump 
in Manhattan department store in 1995 or 96. She went public with her claim in 2019, which the then president derided as a hoax. She made up to promote sales of the book where she made the allegation. Yeah, well, that's what everybody does. I mean, for, for a time there, that's especially during that, the pre-COVID. And then afterwards, everybody was writing all the COVID tell-all books, the chaos of the White House. So she's obviously just uh, clinging to some kind of, I don't know, does she have purpose? This is probably it right now. If it goes away, who knows? She'll start a blog and she'll accuse uh, Kermit the Frog of molesting her. All right. But in Trump news, Breitbart reports that Donald Trump surges to 62% now and Ron DeSantis crashes to 16%. Boy, they really they really wanted that to work out for Ron, didn't they? They, they really did. <laughs> oh, how dumb. How silly this all is. Uh, I think Chris Christie even, I saw some other article too that even he admitted that there's no stopping Trump. Well, we'll see. Here's a little something for you. An exorcist, this is from the Daily Star. An exorcist saw a possessed five-foot nun, a possessed nun, crawl up a wall like a squirrel and overpower, overpower six men. Reverend Daniel Rehill performs exorcisms on people who he says have been possessed by the devil and in a chilling interview revealed some of the scariest things that he's seen. An exorcist said a nun ran up the wall like a squirrel after demons took over her body. Reverend Daniel Rehill performs exorcisms on people who he says have been possessed. He said, I remember there was a little nun about 100 pounds, 5 feet. When she was going through a deliverance, it took six large men my size to hold her down, he told Michael Knowles. I've seen the same nun run up 20-foot wall like a squirrel, and 2,000 people at a conference saw it too. 2,000 people bear witness to that, huh? We had people flying from all over the world staying with us, some for a week, but that one little nun who crawled the wall, she was there for over a year. It took a year. Well, Malachi Martin talked about exorcisms that could take years, plural. She was satanically ritually abused as a baby, and she didn't know it, so that had all had to all come out. The Reverend also said that he had met the devil twice in his life as he was trying to ditch his life of sin and quit drinking. Reverend Rehill recalled, quote, I come out of the church and there's this beautiful, handsome man in a custom tailored suit and he's staring at me. I've got to get this, this, this suit jacket of mine tailored, to be honest. I've got to get a suit jacket tailored. I have a, I have a, well, this, this particular jacket is not going to have to be, I'm just going to have to wear it as it is. It's going to be a little bit more rectangular, a little bit more funeral homey on me on the, on the weekend for this, this, uh, wedding we're going to but I had meant to get it tailored and time just slips away too much work so maybe for the next wedding it'll be it'll be nice and good form fitting around the torso but uh, the devil dresses like that too so maybe not people think I'm one of them devils 
I turn to walk toward my office, and he runs up next to me, and he grabs me by the arm. He goes, let's go get a drink. And I just had the chills go up and down my body, and I said, get away from me. Reverend Rehill ran away from the strange man and escaped to his New York apartment, and he didn't drink much of the, or I didn't say, he didn't think much of the incident. Freudian slip there. Until a few years later, after he had become a priest, I was on vacation visiting an old banker friend in Miami, Hyman Roth. The two girls who were with me, they start looking at this guy. I turn and I look and it's him. He's the one who wanted to get the drink. He walks up and he goes, what are you doing here? I thought you were going to be a priest. And he goes, this is my territory. You shouldn't be here. The devil owns Miami, huh? Reverend Rehill became a priest more than 20 years after walking away from the church. Before his drastic career change, he worked with the likes of American Express and Citicorp, making a fortune in the finance industry and regularly boozing with high-end clients in New York. Well, it all turns around eventually. But in 1998, his life was turned around after he made a pilgrimage to the village of Medjugorje in Bosnia and rediscovered God, confessing all of his sins he had committed in his two decades of atheism. It was then that he decided to dedicate his life to God and helping other people. He became a hermit in Omaha, Nebraska. That sounds nice. Where he started performing exorcisms. Well, we have yet to land ourselves an exorcist for this show, but I promise you it's coming. I promise you it's coming. Maybe some of my priest friends in the area could uh, link me up with our, uh, our exorcist in the archdiocese. Every, every archdiocese needs one, right? Probably would never never accept an invite on this show. Hey, we have to say it. Jerry Springer died, 79 years old. I didn't know that he had, uh, I know he had a podcast because I used to hear all of the commercials for it on TalkStream Live and other places. I did not know that he had pancreatic cancer. Horrible to hear. I hate these diagnoses. I hate it. I just hate it. I want to hear that people lived long lives, died in their sleep, healthy, happy, and uh, and with with little to no suffering. But this sucks. Now, um, I want to talk to you guys about this in the second half. Because I, as one of the questions I'm going to pose to you, and, and this can drag into tomorrow night as well. What were some of the television shows you most gravitated toward or were the only things that you knew you could watch when you were homesick from school? Because I know anybody that was growing up parallel to me was watching Jerry Springer. You were watching, you know, reruns of Dukes of Hazard. Those were always made me weird. The old 70s television shows, if I'm feeling sick already and that's the only thing on TV and everybody's walking around and brown clothes why is everything from the 1970s fucking brown i like brown but geez brown and yellow that's what i think about when i think of the 1970s and that came years before i was born anyway and those big boxy cars which i actually kind of have an affinity for now i wish i had one of those old boxy non-aerodynamic lego cars Everybody's in those police chases with these the shocks bouncing up all over the place on dusty roads. Yeah, that always made me feel just kind of weird. Um, but Jerry Springer in the morning. That's what I want to know. You guys call in later on. You tell me about that. And I saw somebody say the flying nun. Yeah, that would make me feel weird. 
I've seen quite a few episodes of The Flying Nun myself. But, um... But, yeah. Oh, now here, oh, Avocado Green. Avocado Green, and that's 70s Orange. A- Agent Orange. Oh, yeah, Agent... Hey, listen, there's a lot. There's a lot. We got to do this. So, at home... At home, uh television shows when you're sick that'll be in the second half along with everything else but we have some heavy lifting to do in the meantime so let's get to it shall we thank you so much if i can ask any of you for anything tonight if you can sponsor me in any way tonight sponsor me with your social media presence number one share this show wherever the hell you can find it it is on twitter all the live links are all over the place right now please share it with your friends give this episode a like if you're on rumble there's more people watching on Rumble than there are on on YouTube now, but YouTube always outpaces Rumble in likes. That's how enthusiastic the YouTubers are. The only thing is that on Rumble, that amount of likes will actually mean that we are being suggested to more people who have never seen us before. So please, Rumble, get on board. Get on board. Show us what you are, uh, what you're made of. And that's all I can ask for. Share the show and like the show. And uh, send Super Chats if you want to support the show and keep the lights on over here. And that is, quite frankly, superchat.com. There's the native Rumble rants on Rumble. There's the gold pills on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. And we will be right back with the show. Don't go anywhere. Oh, I've got one. There's a Mexican, a Jew, and a colored guy go into a bar. The bartender looks up and says, get the fuck out of here. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! then this is now just for your heart thank you everybody you know we have some great booking that was done too let me show you this real quick so starting on Monday May 1st Monday is May 1st kind of fitting I like when the first of the month is on a Monday it's just like let's really start this this whole damn thing off from the beginning we're going to be talking about the fourth turning 
Sean David Morton is coming back for a short uh, appearance in the second half of that show. I think he has some things that would be really relevant to say about the concept of the fourth turning. Sean David Morton, um, I'll give you all of his bio and stuff before. He's a friend of the show. He's been in the game for decades and decades. He was a uh, almost a mainstay in, on a lot of uh, classic talk radio shows, late night talk radio shows across the country, especially in the 90s. And um, he has been out of commission for a while because he's been treating some serious health conditions. And he is now, um, from what I understand, cancer-free. His throat has healed enough to be able to speak. Last time he was on, it was a little rough for him. You remember, he, he showed up late, and then he showed up bloody because he had fallen and all. So I'm so happy that he's doing well and he's able to speak. And, and uh, we're going to catch up with him on Monday in the second half of the show for a little bit. I think that she'll, that'll be good. On May 3rd, Sean from the SGT Report will be on. On May 4th, Raw Egg Nationalist, Nationalist will be on. That'll be more of a uh, great reset of nutrition scenario. I know Jay Gulinello will be listening that night. He'll be listening, taking notes. John Spina, who knows if my parking attendant is going to be in on Cinco de Mayo. But the week after that, the week after that, Jay Dyer is coming back on May 10th. Jay Gulinello will be coming back on May 11th with a call from Justin from Yes Cacao. We'll get a KetoCon update and all that stuff. And uh, May 17th, Lindsay Sharman. So May is filling up quick, and I've got more on the way. And I think that G. Edward Griffin, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, shooting for G. Edward Griffin to come back in June. So uh, his, his assistant, his secretary said that... Um, probably be better for June than July because July will all be about working on putting the expo together. So I wanted to get as close to the August expo in Des Moines as we could to help him promote it. But if June is good, then we'll bring him back in June and maybe we can get some expo invitees on the show throughout the month of July instead. And that'll work out just as well. We'll see who gets uh, who's added to the bill there. I did not know that, uh, that uh, Jim Lee... Jim Lee was not part of the Red Pill Expo, but another one of the expos and, um, and, and live events that Mr. Griffin put together in the past. Jim Lee was there. He was telling me last night, too. Oh, shit. Well, what do you know? It's so great. All right, let's go. First thing up, the first thing up is a, uh, you got to listen to this HHS Whistleblower. Then we'll get to the Tucker Carlson thing and everything else. But this is from the Gateway Pundit. The Biden legacy, they say. HHS whistleblower Tara Lee Rodas tells Congress Biden administration is a middleman in a multi-billion dollar migrant child trafficking operation. Rodas told Congress that today in the United States, children will work at slaughterhouses, factories, and restaurants to pay their debt to smugglers, traffickers, and cartels. And the U.S. government has become the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion-dollar child trafficking operation run by bad actors seeking to profit off the lives of children. So this is a whistleblower that was heard um, before a House Judiciary Committee yesterday. Take a listen to this. It's about five minutes long, but let's just listen to what she has to say. Good afternoon, Chairman McClintock, Ranking Member DePaul, and distinguished members of the committee. It is an honor to be here. I thank you for the invitation to share my testimony. 
My goal is to inspire action to safeguard the lives of migrant children, including the staggering 85,000 that are missing. Today, children will work overnight shifts at slaughterhouses, factories, restaurants to pay their debts to smugglers and traffickers. Today, children will be sold for sex. Today, children will call a hotline to report they are being abused, neglected, and trafficked. And we don't know if they're going to get the help they need. For nearly a decade, unaccompanied children have been suffering in the shadows. And I have to confess, I knew nothing about their suffering until 2021 when I volunteered to help the Biden administration with the crisis at the southern border. As part of Operation Artemis, I was deployed to the Pomona Fairplex Emergency Intake Site in California to help HHS Office of Refugee Resettlement reunite children with sponsors in the United States. I thought I was going to help place children in loving homes. Instead, I discovered that children are being trafficked through a sophisticated network that begins with recruiting in home country, smuggling to the U.S. border, and ends when ORR delivers a child to a sponsor. Some sponsors are criminals and traffickers and members of transnational criminal organizations. Some sponsors view children as commodities and assets to be used for earning income. This is why we are witnessing an explosion of labor trafficking. Now, whether it's intentional or not, it could be argued that the United States government has become the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion-dollar child trafficking operation that is run by bad actors seeking to profit off of the lives of children. She's very brave. Very brave. And, uh, and of course, she's speaking from whatever she's been able to um, observe in a very compartmentalized way. Now, when we get all of the, the stories... And the testimony of people, I mean, hey, I, I live close enough to the Westchester County Airport where the evidence of the overnight midnight planes coming in with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of illegal aliens at a time that are supposedly being reunited with family and all that other stuff, they should be reunited back in Mexico. They were lying about it. When they couldn't lie about it anymore, they started talking about what time of day it was and how it wasn't that much, that big of a deal. Hey, we weren't trying to hide it. It was just that this was the most this is the best price we could get for the flights, economy flights at four o'clock in the morning. That's really what it is. So it's always deny, deny, deny. Okay, but so what? Now the okay, but so what is that children, women, men, it doesn't matter. You're trafficking human beings. They're engaged in trafficking human beings, and we know that a large part, uh, a large, a large number of the the adults that children come with are not their family. You remember that back in I forget what year. I think it was in the middle of the, the Trump administration or the, or the beginning of the Trump administration. There was a very small sample of DNA tests that was taken at the border, like these 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 inside the mouth saliva swabs and they found some obscene proportion of um of children were not in any way shape or form related to the 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 people who were accompanying them and there's a lot of testimony that has just been buried 
from people who were working with the the border patrol what they witness with these young girls young boys the the conditions they show up with the fact that they are all the, they're that they're sent packing by their parents with abortion uh, medication with uh, on put on birth control things like that because these parents in home countries know they know that it's likely their children are going to get raped along the way by the people that they are uh, th- that they're they're paying to go and commit this international crime. I mean that's just really what it is. So as as far as someone like Miss Rodas over here being on the inside of so-called refugee resettlement programs and seeing that it's rife with corruption and carelessness. I'm not saying that everybody that's involved with this it, it wants to traffic children and try to maximize profit for them on on black markets for, for you know, uh, sex and stuff like that. But, you know, these are people who don't have any real, any real idea and don't really think about our country, immigration law, and uh, and what really should be done. Now, okay, okay, yeah, bring them all in, bring them all in, we'll find a good place for them. No, 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 that, see, that, that encourages more of this stuff. So inside, there's a lot of compassionate fools who are contributing to the problem just by being a part of it and believing that it is a good cause. And then there are those who all get inside and they are compassionate and they are a bit foolish and naive. And then they start seeing that there is there is a, a great number of concerning things going on. Some may be deliberate and some just might be carelessness. And the other thing just might be that you can't control something. This tidal wave is tidal wave. You can't control it. So it's a... This, this, as much as she's she's exposing right now, it is just a thumbnail sketch. Eighty-five thousand missing migrant children. Oh man, times that by by I don't know a hundred more. As for me, my interest is the safety of the children. I do not view this as a political issue. I view this as a humanitarian issue. I assure you, my motives are the highest and best. I want the children protected. So I want to tell you some of what I witnessed personally at the Pomona Fairplex. I saw vulnerable indigenous children from Guatemala who speak Mayan dialects and cannot speak Spanish. That means they cannot ask for help in English. They cannot help for, ask for help in Spanish. My gosh. They become captives of their sponsors. I have sat with case managers as they've cried to tell me the horror of what has happened to children as they make the journey to this country. Terrible. I saw apartment buildings where 20, 30, and 40 unaccompanied minors have been released. I saw sponsors trying to simultaneously sponsor children from multiple ORR sites at one time. I saw sponsors using multiple addresses to obtain sponsorships of children. And I saw numerous cases of children in debt bondage and the child knew they had to stay with the sponsor until the debt was paid. Indentured servitude. So th- this is okay now. This is okay now, but this is really the basis of every last Marxist idiot out there that's trying to uh, tear down the country and every statue that's more than 20 years older because of indentured servitude and other forms of uh, slavery and things like that. This is going on right now. These are the children in cages, people. Which, by the way, that was an Obama administration. Again, uh, Joe Biden coming to finish the job, I guess. 
Wow, with the indigenous. That's um. That's just cheese. I, I, you remember when Alex Jones, they uh, they they caught a van of children that were just being smuggled away from migrant processing sites and all that stuff. Just it's just all over the place. God knows. God knows, eighty-five thousand children unaccounted for, and and their current state. Ugh. Realizing that we were not offering the children the American dream, but instead putting them in modern-day slavery with wicked overlords, was a terrible revelation. A terrible revelation. These children are a captive victim population with no access to law enforcement or knowledge of their rights. They are extorted, abused, neglected. And that is why I blew the whistle in 2021. I witnessed firsthand the horrors of child trafficking and exploitation. My life will never be the same after what I saw. But I have hope because I'm counting on you. It's my hope that you'll take action to end this crisis, to safeguard the lives of most of these vulnerable children. People have asked me, you know, what can be done? What would you suggest? Well, first, I think HHS's number one priority is oversight. They must commit to oversight, transparency, and accountability. If I could wave a magic wand, this, I believe, could be quickly solved by experts in the IG community. There is a Pandemic Analytics Center of Excellence, or the PACE, as we call it, I believe if data analysts at the PACE could look at the data, children could be rescued, criminals could be prosecuted if the PACE had access to this data. It shows where the children are and who has them. I think also we need to change the culture of speed over safety. Speed is the wrong performance measure when dealing with children. We need to revamp the vetting process of sponsors and have case managers who have investigative backgrounds, data analytics backgrounds, some certified fraud examiners. And I think we need to reimagine a system where the sponsor is the accountable party. Sponsors should be required to report to ORR. So um, I, I didn't watch anything beyond this five and a half minute clip. But that last part right there is just a good natured woman who is uh, who wants to figure out a way to make the system that should not exist a little bit more uh, humanitarian it's not the it's not the real problem I mean obviously we have a problem right now and uh, yeah going forward the real question is how do you stem truly stem the tide of people coming over the border how do you dissuade them from coming here how do you get serious about it? Of course, you don't. And there's no real way that you can make these problems go, go away because it's not an immigration system we're talking about here. This whole bum rush the border, invite people through one way or another, ring the dinner bell, have people bum rush the border, and then just start hiring armies of caseworkers. And, and this goes so far beyond, I, I tried to find all my old materials for when we were talking about what this bipartisan uh, illegal immigration scheme is down there that both sides really do and have in the past um, 
profited greatly from it. And they do a lot of it through the, the guise of these faith-based initiatives, church groups and things like that. It's really just a waypoint along the way from being trafficked across Mexico, across the desert. They come on into some kind of a, uh, a facility that's run by a, a wing of a, a church somewhere, and then they are dispersed deeper inside the interior of the country. You, you, you lose them, and, and they're gone. And there's a lot of money that is, uh, that's, that's passed around along the way. It's completely unaccountable, and what is really going on at a 30,000-foot view is they're changing the dynamics and the demographics of the country. And it doesn't matter to me if we are a white majority country or if we're a, 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 you know, a, a, a Mexican majority country, as long as it's a, a cohesive culture, which not going to happen when you're just, t- you're just plucking people from around the third world and dropping them into here. And you're saying, okay, well, well they're going to bring great cuisine. The cuisine is great. Have you, have you ever had cuisine? Ever had cuisine from where they come from? It's great. They're, they're all cooks. So it's um, it's so many ba- it's so many things, so many bad ideas, piled on top of each other, interwoven, and um, and of course along the way, the most innocent among all of us are children, whether they're they're native born or they have been thrust into this terrible trafficking operation that that never ends. Because the people in the, in the in the room, there's many people in the room right now that she's begging to do something about. They know that there's nothing to be done because it, it, it needs to continue. They are trying to erase the United States, and they don't care. To erase a country, you have to destroy people's lives and their minds as it is. They don't care if you're destroying one group of people by, in turn, destroying and weaponizing another group of people. The people who are coming up here from Mexico and El Salvador and, and all the other countries in the Eastern Hemisphere that are coming to the southern, uh, the, the uh, Central and South America to then make their way up through our border, they don't get, they don't have any prospects. There's no long-term prospects. If you're coming from some place, yeah, maybe there might be a little bit of a, 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 an uptick in in the sites that you're surrounded by. Maybe you get some good uh, off the books work. You're able to get yourself a small little apartment somewhere. But you're coming over here at a time where we are. It's a fire sale. It's a fire sale. We're about to lose our dollar. We're being run to the ground by absolute psychopaths. So it, they're just they're weaponizing these hordes of people, and they're hoping along the way that we fight with them instead of the people who are organizing this stuff, so they could along the way call us bigots and xenophobes and keep us suppressed. So it's a um, it's it's like we're in quicksand right now, it really is. But I'm I'm I, I'm really proud of this woman for articulating what she has. We'll see where it all goes. Here is uh, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson said this was last night at around 8 o'clock p.m. So it was right at intermission. This two-minute video came out. Take a look. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. 
They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. All right. I think it's great. I think that's a great message. It's true. I mean, that's why we, uh, we, we, we have to approach things with good humor, but also a little bit of a you know, steadfast, steadfast demeanor. Just put it out there, and it is what it is, and uh, and and don't compromise on a lot. Just in principle, in style, of course, we got to be flexible. We got to be able to have some fun. Can't be too rigid, or else then you become uh, just as much of a zealot as the people you think you're up against. So there's that. Now, what does this all mean? I don't know. I think it's a really nice statement, vague but I, relatable. And uh, a little bit of a hey, the work is not going to it's not going to end. Whenever negotiations for whatever's going to be finalized and rubber stamped over there at Fox, because it seems like he wasn't like a he wasn't kicked out and fired just yet. There's still some negotiating that has to be done, which is why he didn't say anything too definitive right now. I think technically he's still under contract. That is. Uh, That'll be the next thing. So where's it going to be? Is it going to be Rumble? Is it going to be somewhere? Who knows? Who knows? But if I were him, I wouldn't join a, another network. Why do that? Set yourself up somewhere and build your own crew and monetize it and make more money you ever had in your life. And, and that's that. But you know what? He knows what he wants better than I do. Anyway, I thought that was something. Now, as far as brain dead goes said that the, the current orthodoxy really needs brain-dead people to be able to survive. This is a... I'm so happy that this, this came out. Here is a headline on Zero Hedge that was taken from Paul Joseph Watson's Summit News. Ex-U.S. Army PSYOP expert says Fox News fired Carlson to maintain, quote, semi-lobotomized, quasi-retarded population, end quote. I'm so happy that he's getting clinical with this 
because I do feel uncomfortable using the R word from time to time, but it's the only thing I could use as a proper descriptor. Things are retarded. It has been stunted. It's just, it's just, come on. A former U.S. Army psychological warfare officer said that Tucker Carlson was fired by Fox News because of the regime's agenda to maintain a, quote, uninformed, semi-lobotomized, quasi-retarded population. The remarks were made by U.S. counterterror expert Scott Bennett. Carlson and Fox News parted ways on Monday with speculation still raging as to the specific reason why the network canned its highest rated and most popular host. According to Bennett, Carlson posed too much of a threat to institutional power because he turned Americans into proper researchers and thinkers. Carlson offered an intellectualism, truthfulness, and an analytical depth that no other news personality has ever done in the history of the United States as far back as I can remember, said Bennett, especially with the way that he took stances on controversial topics and really poked some... uh, poked some bears that you don't expect them to do, but also brought on people like Jimmy Dore. Those kind of bookings, those kind of so-called oppositional voices that were not just nuts. They weren't just brought on. You know, like when Jesse Waters brings on a feminist woman who is also a vegan and he'll eat a steak in front of her and, you know, it's just about putting her on display, which is funny in itself. But this was like, you know, bringing on someone like Jimmy Dore, yeah, he and Tucker Carlson aren't going to have too much in common when you start talking about policy and, and, you know, liberal versus conservative philosophy or whatever you want to call it. But as far as being anti-war and all that other stuff, I mean, you, there was a lot of flexibility there that, that just did not exist in this, this strict two-party media paradigm on top of everything else. So I always had to give him credit on that. Well, like I said, as you know, I've only ever watched even Tucker Carlson's show in the little clips that have come by my uh, dash on one platform or another. Not watching TV, still. Compelling stuff more often than not. Tucker needed to be, quote, silenced because he represented too big a threat to the powers and principalities, institutions and agendas that seek an unenlightened, uninformed, semi-lobotomized, quasi-retarded population that do not question, do not do research, do not analyze, but simply digest and follow instructions, according to Bennett. Tomorrow night, I'm going to preview this for you right now. Tomorrow night, aside from other things when Matt is here, we're going to talk about maybe the cow mutilations and Mothman sightings and all that. But tomorrow night, another big topic that we're going to be talking about is voting. Who should be allowed to vote? Every once in a while it pops up, going to ask it again. Who should be allowed to vote? I think we need to talk about this tomorrow when we have a lot more time. Because it is true. We do not benefit at all. We don't benefit at all with most of the people who vote today. It's not a benefit. It's not our strength. Not at all. Not at all. But... um. How do you roll that back? You can't. (laughs) You can't. So we can at least have a hypothetical conversation, can we? Tucker Carlson also exposed the fraud and money laundering laundering racketeering crimes of FTX, the Democrat Party in Ukraine involving the United States government. He exposed the U.S. biochemical labs in Ukraine and their connection to the Democrat Party, President Barack Obama, Vice President uh, Biden, 
Hillary Clinton, George Soros, Bill Gates, and other U.S. government agencies and pharmaceutical companies. Bennett told Sputnik, The ex-host anti-regime rhetoric could, quote, no longer be tolerated by the corrupt American media and political establishment, said Bennett, adding that his exit signals the death of American media. Well, it's the death of American corporate television media, which is fantastic. And everything else below it, Vice News, they're, they're, they're starting to close up shop there, too. They're, they're cutting a lot of operations back. Um, BuzzFeed. I mean, everything that is unsustainable, that deserves to go the way of the dodo bird, is going to eventually go there. Now, where do they go from there? Where do they go to, aside from just turning off the, the power and trying to censor the internet with the Restrict Act and, and creating all these reasons why you know, you know, a leak here, a leak there on Discord, on Telegram. How do we really close down these avenues and make it harder for people to discuss new and um, you know, really big cutting ideas or to bring up very valuable old pieces of history that give us a little bit of insight and foresight into what we are looking at now and maybe looking at in the near future. That's what we should really be talking about, and that's what the new media really does. Obviously, there's the whole idea of controlled opposition, who is uh, just, you know, what, what, what's fool's gold and what's a diamond in the rough? That's just, that's always going to be something that we have to deal with. But how the hell do you think they subvert new media outside of just trying to find a way to make it harder to be uh, make it harder and harder to use the internet and to compartmentalize it even more and more and more outside of that how do you think they can really can uh, you know pervert and destroy the new media because who the hell are the, the television is just so so ugh. man oh man so there's some questions for you how do they do that how do you think they will pervert the new media the former U.S. Army PSYOPs officer suggested that uh, Senator Chuck Schumer had threatened to utilize the CIA and FBI to, uh, to deploy secret government operations against Tucker to get him off the air unless he was fired. Schumer previously called for Carlson to be taken off air after he, uh, he broadcast footage showing January 6th riot. Leaders were actually allowed into the Capitol and chaperoned around by authorities. As we highlighted earlier, one of the reasons behind Tucker's dismissal is a lawsuit filed uh, a lawsuit filed by former show producer Abby Grossberg, who claimed she was bullied and subject to sexist and guess what, anti-Semitic harassment. However, Grossberg's own lawyer revealed that she had never even met Carlson. So um, that's really interesting coming from a, a psyops expert because I'm not a psyops expert. I read a lot. And I do a lot of observing. If you're a writer, you have to make observations or else you're not going to be that good of a writer. But um, I, I, re I really, I, I retarded is the only thing I can come up with sometimes. And w people are just stunted. It, you want to, you want to try to talk about something substantive with, with, I don't know, 80% of the people in your life. I'm talking about people you were born into knowing, not people that you found along the way and you now know that 
you know, you, your inner circle is full of people that uh, just are, are into the same things. You know that you can relate to them and all that stuff. I understand those those people are always there for you. And even if they don't they don't go to depths that you do or vice versa, they're at least willing to be an open ear and consider things. Like you know that they have, there's some consciousness in their eyes. But everybody else that you were born into knowing, there is a great many of them that if you tried to talk to them about anything other than the weather and the Yankee game or something else, their eyes will go into their fucking back of their head and it'll fall out their ass. You know it. There's just <laughs> there's just a, a switch that is flipped. It doesn't mean that they are without any kind of morals and they're not, they're not wonderful spend the holidays with and all the other stuff. But when it comes to big, big operations in media and what they focus in on and what they try to manipulate so that every two to four years when you go to make decisions that only embolden them through elections, which means the power to create new budgets and everything else, man, they take advantage of people's not knowing in ways that could only, oh man, I, I, there are keepers. They really are. Anyway, here's one last thing that I want to leave with you uh, for the second half. Or maybe I'll save this for the second half. That's what I'll do. I'll save this last thing for the second half with the woman from the the teachers union. And then we'll start opening up the call, the, the lines for calls. It is 7.53. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. We will be right back in a second. Share the show. Keep sharing the show. Intermission is like a minute and a half. Just so that you can go run to the bathroom, grab yourself another drink. Iced water, of course. And, uh, you know, I can do something around here. Stare at a wall. Wait for it to calm, calm all calm down. Please be here when I get back. And bring more of your friends in as well. Second half will be just as good as the first because you will be involved. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah. Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. 
Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you here. Hold on a second. Just troubleshooting something real quick with the crew. All right. So we're going to go through some of your super chats. Quite frankly, superchat.com. And uh, even if you're on Rumble, if you don't want to send the Rumble rant, the best thing that you can do is like the episode that you're watching right now. We have about 1,700 people who are watching on Rumble, 450 likes. Guys, it's just, it's a click. It's a click and it helps so much. Please help me. It's all, I'm just begging you. (laughs) Anyway, here we go. Over to um, our Super Chats. Hello to everybody over there on Rockfin. The Rockfin viewership has been great lately. And we're even seeing uh, Theta upticking. So great to have everybody checking us out over there. To all of our uh, friends. Stostube says, Good evening, Frank. Just dropping off a small monetary contribution in support of great independent media. We love, quite frankly. Well, we love you guys out there in Massachusetts. Speaking of New England, I I know that King King and his daughter are at the uh the New Hampshire the New Hampshire Trump rally tonight. They were very excited to go. Very very excited. So, we'll, I'm sure we'll get a little bit on that. A little while ago, let's see here. This is from KT Sky D says the shows I watched at home as a kid were Price is Right, any 70s game show. Jerry Springer, Maury, and the like. Whatever was on MTV as well. You know what I miss about cable, though? Have you been injured in an accident? Call this sleazy lawyer now. No, I, that's what I hate. That's when I start realizing something about advertising. I start realizing something about advertising. If you want to know... If you want to know something about the, um, the group that you are watching a show with... You just got to pay attention to the advertising. Tells you everything about the demographics. Maury, and then, of course, afterwards, what was what, what the guy's name is? Steve uh, Wil, Wilkow? What was his name? Wilkowx? Forget. It was Maury's old bouncer. No, not Maury. Jerry's old bouncer. Steve. He had his own show. And then there was Maury with the paternity tests and all that stuff. I think he's still going. I don't know how he does it. I'm the money. Not like he's saving the world or anything like that. But it is a freak show out there, and there's uh, they're just providing something that people want to see. And if you want to take a look, you watch any of those shows that go one after another after another, it's always personal injury lawyers. It's always continue your education at home, online universities, things like that. So it makes you think. They're either home injured, they want some ambulance chaser lawyer, 
to go and uh, sue somebody for them. Or, hey, listen, you, you need to finish your education and get a fucking job. So come on. Join us over here at the uh, University of, frankly, Rumpology. You want to be a rumpologist? Call up, quite frankly, 914-595-6953. We have the world's best rumpologists waiting to open up a career. There's that, and there's the pharmaceutical, uh, all the, uh, the the social anxiety medicines. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess the commercials are just as identifiable as the shows, Katie. Here's another one from Katie. This was 12 hours ago. Says, uh, let's see, 426. Comment, definitely don't want humans to fertilize our crops. But I am concerned with us eventually running out of room to bury people in caskets. I guess cremation is the way to go, despite me wanting to be buried directly in the dirt, not embalmed. Oh, you just want to be thrown right into a hole. Just go in. And no casket? I guess the caskets are the problem, right? I don't know. I hate thinking about all that shit. I really do. But it's all around, and there's no running away from it, so... What do we got? All right. Over on Pilled. Over on Pilled. Uber Viking says, Every night around 7 p.m. my blood pressure starts going down. Hi, Mom. I'm, that's what I like to hear. Jason says, For children trafficking and drugs and corruption, you need to check out Mike Gill. Well, send me some information about him. Maybe I can get him on the show. Although I've tried to get a lot of people on the show uh, that that do that kind of work, and they're usually really tough to get a hold of. That would actually be great to get Jim Caviezel on for, too, because his latest, his last movie was about that, right? I hadn't seen it. But I know he talked a lot about that in, in public, and it was, the, it was the subject matter of his last movie. Thank you, Boys Blanc. Again, Boys Blanc, what if good Christian, uh, what if good Christian or just good couples fill this adoption gap it would make a difference well yeah it would make a difference but but it's one thing to see you know it, when you're talking about such an artificially exacerbated situation it's one thing to see, there's there's always people out there looking to take on uh the adoption of a child there are there are men and women uh that are have been together that that can't have children themselves they just so desperately want to be parents, and um, an adoption is a is a wonderful thing to do for everybody involved to to save a life. That you're saving a life. You're not only just enriching yours and creating a family, but you're saving a life, and you're doing a great thing. But you know, when you when you talk about flooding a nation with tens of millions of people, tens of millions of people. And flooding continents. This is not just about us. Remember, there are dueling migrant crises that have been inflamed on both hemispheres in this this uh, this world on purpose. The flooding of Europe with Muslim migrants, and the flooding of the the United States with uh, Central and South Americans, and and of course. Uh, people from all over the world that come through Central and South America. This has all been done. 
And, and aside from, and, and how do they do that? The people who are slowly putting us to, to sleep over here in the U.S., they have already destabilized other people's countries. They've already crashed their banks. They've already destroyed their, the, the stability of their own cultures and their economies. And then on top of that, in some places, they just create unbelievably devastating wars and they topple leaders and they they create civil wars and all that stuff and they ha they have people running for the hills abandoning places that they their families have inhabited for hundreds if not thousands of years they they're, they're doing that in both hemispheres flooding people into the first world which needed to have its democratic um traditions destroyed because, yeah, you can only convince people to get egalitarian about things and socialistic about things for so long before people realize they have nothing of their own and then they start fighting back that you want to you be able to crush that completely. So it has been so well orchestrated and so diabolical. And, um, and of course, the final insult is that while we are fighting to preserve something over here, we're being called xenophobic and racist for not wanting to take on the flood of victims that the people who are doing this to all of us are creating. Crea they created it, and they're calling us racist to try to suppress us. So, um, I don't know. It, it, under normal circumstances, I can see... Uh, how do you do how do you overwhelm that that's that's going to be overwhelming you can't expect everybody like yeah i'll take a couple of migrant children on that's a big life decision it's a big life decision i want to adopt a child you and your you and your uh, your spouse you want to adopt a child that's a big life decision for everybody to have to well there's there's plenty of babies available now because you know the migrant crisis that nobody's ever going to address that's not a that's not a sustainable that's not sustainable I mean, maybe if you, after a big purge and then a, a true locking down of the borders and you're taking, you're taking account of what you have and, and then you try to see how you can help people where, but that is, that would be a phase that you would enter into so far down the line and we're, we're nowhere near that, nowhere near that. Let's see. Um, Sean Joe, Paulie, Paulie, people said, uh, people are incredibly resilient. They keep working knowing that they are screwed. So they cling to the big lie. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, it is things in life are just, they consume you too much, but yet you know, people start waking up when they realize that the one thing that they were focused on nonstop, which was getting to work, working well getting your paycheck, paying your bills, and supporting your family. Um, you, you can almost say to hell with the world, uh, whatever's going on outside, I don't have time to pay attention to it. But you know what? You start paying attention to it when all that hard work that you're doing, that usually results in enough money to go out and buy food to pay for people, to, to keep people uh, uh, you know, well-fed and, and uh, go to the dentist every once in a while for a cleaning, and you realize you can't do that anymore. That's when you really start getting people to wake up. It's when all those creature comforts and when all of those conveniences and all those things you thought you could rely on slowly start retreating and you realize that there's less and less there. It's the only time that people really start uh, making noise is when all of those comfortable, cozy 
places you had at one point to retreat to and to put your mind at ease are there for you less and less. Michael BKNY745 says, Three's company taught me that just acting gay can... <laughs> Three's company uh, taught me that just acting gay could lower the actual rent that you pay. It's a, that's a great point. I, maybe I should start doing that over here in, the, in the, the studio building because every year our rent goes up and it is a pain in the ass. Maybe me, Mike, and Anthony should go downstairs and just really just start flinging our wrists around. It's like, what is this increase? Just start throwing throwing our heads around. I don't know. That, that, that probably would not go over well. Anyway, T. L. Talty says, call me Alabama. NJSF, thank you for the can. Thank you, Sean Joe. Chai Possum says, I want to be cremated. No muss, no fuss. And Jason just bought a bronze tier subscription, which thank you so much for that. Eventually, we're going to be able to really honor those subscriptions uh, with bigger perks, monthly perks on Foxhole because Matt at Foxhole is putting in new messaging, messaging um, tools and everything on that on the Pilled platform. So that'll be nice. All right. Here, this will lift your spirits a little bit more. You want to talk about things that you watched at home. So because Jerry, the word of Jerry Springer's death was getting around, people were taking account of all the other legendary legendary talk show hosts and game show hosts who are still alive, chief among them being Bob Barker. And everybody's like, you know, I just I forgot that Bob Barker is still around. And he's in his 90s, and this this clip went around, and I absolutely love it. He's playing a game. It's toward the end of his uh, career, I have to imagine. And the caption for this video, it's about two minutes long, is this is why Bob Barker quit The Price is Right. And the level of frustration here. Now, I got to say, the girl who's up there trying to play this game, for those of you in podcast land, the object of this game here is, I guess, that like it's a, like a four-door sedan or something. She has, she's given a jumble, a mix of numbers that she has to put into the correct order to guess what the price of the car was. And she's just not, either not getting the object of the game, or she is just being completely overtaken by nerves, and it is just not going well at all. And Bob Barker is just like trying, he is one step away from grabbing her hand with the pen in it and just writing something into his own liking. So let's, let's watch this for a second. In the price of the car, there are five numbers. Using all five numbers, write down the price of that automobile. Go. 31029. Right, Joy. 19,000 watt. 19,000 watt, Joy. 19, you can use the one twice. You can't do that. 19,000 watt. 19,000. Now, what, please tell me, do you have here? 19,300. Five numbers. You've written 1930. 19,302. No, Joy. Now, come on. Let's go. You're going to lose your turn if you don't write. Not 13,000. What? 19,000. All right. This poor girl. Finish it off. 
Use the one twice there. <laughs> now you use the one oh, third no. Here are the five numbers. Oh. Using those five numbers, write it down. Nine, Thirteen thousand <laughs> watts. Nineteen thousand watts. Nineteen thousand. <laughs> 19,200, you've used the one twice. Thousand. Nine, you've used the one twice, Joy. Look, write down here. What do you want to write? You want to write 19,000? Write it down. Write it down. 19,000. Now you have the three, you have the two, and you have the zero left. $320. And no, one more chance. One more chance. 21,000. All right, now you have the three, the zero, and the nine left. Go ahead. Nine, zero. No, you won. Damn it. Well, good. At least you won the car at the end. And Bob Barker's sitting down at the edge of the stage there now, just taking a breather. It's probably the most stressed he's ever been. Good job. Thank you so much, Joy. I fucking quit. Goodbye. Wow. Yeah, I, I used to watch The Prices Right a lot with my grandmother. My mom's mother. Would watch The Prices Right with her. I'd watch the supermarket sweep. I used to love supermarket sweep. That was the one that that was the one that you did. You, you, you had to go and shop as quick as you can. I used to love that only because I, I used to love just going to supermarkets. This is this is great. And you get all the shit for free. So, my gosh, that when I watched that before, I said, oh, no, no, no. This is coming with me tonight. This is coming with me tonight, my friends, and they will all love it. All right, here's the last thing I want to I I do, and then I'm going to open up the lines. Now, um, here is the AFT president, Randy Weingarten. Randy Weingarten. She was the one, like I said, in the beginning of the show, screaming about student loan forgiveness outside the Supreme Court or wherever the hell it was a couple of months ago. So she is a gigantic, she is a huge tool, a deceptive ogre actress. And what we have over here is really something that we're seeing a lot more of happening in real time. So um, listen to this. Listen to her rewrite what her stance and the teachers union stance were, was all about during COVID and what they were really primarily concerned about here. Uh, I'm sorry, Congressman Raskin. I'm just, we spent every day from February on trying to get schools open. We knew that remote education was not a substitute for opening schools, but we also knew that people had to be safe. And maybe it's because I live in New York City, I live near a hospital. Every other minute there was an ambulance. There was terror. Our members were terrified, others were terrified. And what we were simply looking for was clear scientific guidance. And when we couldn't get it, we did it ourselves and we worked with doctors and we worked with others and we just tried to get it out there. Okay, now you're all- So, 
pretty much this is just another dramatic performance by yet another shamelessly deceptive woman. And as we all know, and as it's been noted uh, on shows like this in real time during the whole uh, experience in 2020, 2021, and into 2022, uh, it was now cumulatively, cumulatively fact-checked on Twitter, which was very convenient because they never did this stuff before. Now, before we get into a couple of the articles that they had fact-checked this lying woman with, just remember, they were dictating, they were dictating as to how this thing was gonna go down and they did not want to open up. They were keeping remote viewing going, remote viewing, remote education going much longer and they were pushing for it into 2022. Well over two years after the fact, after the, the initial bomb hit, she's lying. We saw in the emails, we saw everything. There's, there's multiple disclosures about how the teachers unions, they were actually dictating the terms in many ways. They were waiting for the science. What a lying bitch. Here, this one's from July of 2020. There she is. Reckless, callous, and cruel. Teachers chief denounces Trump plan to reopen the schools. Angry AFT president Randy Weingarten tells Guardian proposal from Trump and Betsy DeVos could result in teaching exodus. That would have been the best thing for the kids ever. Plans put forward by Donald Trump and his education secretary to reopen America's schools in the fall are reckless and could result in many teachers leaving the profession. The president of one of the biggest, uh, the country's biggest teaching unions has warned. The new school year is just weeks away in the Sun Belt, the region which stretches from Southern California to Florida as coronavirus spreads like wildfire. But the Trump administration has pushed ahead with the calls for schools across the country to reopen fully despite widespread safety concerns. It's as if Trump and DeVos want to create chaos and want to jeopardize reopening, she said. Weingarten did. There is no other reason why they would be this reckless, this callous, and this cruel. That was at the end of 2020. How teachers unions are influencing decisions on school reopenings. This is December of 2020. They're keeping that going. There's a lot in there about how they're actually the ones that that were uh, pushing all the buttons. And this continued into 2022, all throughout 2021, because then we started with the vaccine available. Then we started up with teachers and staff and firing people and not letting kids in. They started moving on into 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 chilled the push for children. They want to talk about callous and cruel. My gosh, I mean, it's just, um, I mean, while children, we're talking about a virus. Okay, let's call it a biological entity that for the children she's dealing with, 99.9997% recovery rate. They were getting hooked on drugs at home. They were becoming depressed, 
Many of them committed suicide. They were losing formative years of their lives, experiences in school, socially, educationally, one way or another. This is what was going on, and they were pushing to extend this nonsense over and over and over. They want to talk about callous and cruel. And, that, and that's just what was going on with the children. Forget about the, also the masks when they were in school, what they were doing to toddlers, and oh my gosh. My oh my. And here she is with her, 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 her sappy performance on C-SPAN. Sappy performance. We spent every day from February on trying to get schools open. We knew remote education was not a substitute for opening schools. You, what a what an ogre. What an ogre. But here's why I wanted to bring this up. And this is what we'll be doing for the rest of the show. What is the real story here? That just like Fauci's limited hangout Mia Culpa tour where he's on right now, this woman is literally putting up scaffolding. All right? She's building up scaffolding around an old, decrepit building. And they're trying to renovate it they're trying to restore it they're trying to rebuild it from the outside in and try to make it seem like it isn't a condemned piece of shit and they're trying to make it seem like they are the saviors of all this stuff that they were the the the, the ones that we needed the sentinels for all of us and really they are um they are the perpetrators of some of the greatest crimes against humanity ever recorded in history ever ever recorded in history now um Jesse Kelly on Twitter, he framed this pretty well. He concluded as he was watching this, I said, oh, I got to bring this up because exactly what I was thinking. He said this in his tweet. He said, the wildest thing is that once we're all dead and gone, this dishonesty, the dishonesty you just listened to coming from this woman's mouth, this dishonesty that you're seeing right now from all the COVID lockdown communists will be remembered as fact. They'll spend a few years rehabbing their images and those will be the history books. It makes me question everything that I know. Now, that right there is a very profound statement. If this is how history is revised and tailored over time, and it has been done many, many times before, imagine what other things that we knew to be true, that we think we know, were created in the very same way. It's why people get very defensive when you start peeling back the onion of the American Civil War. Get very defensive when you start peeling back certain onions of the two world wars and everything after that, the Kennedy assassination, whatever the hell you, you want to go to. It's, it's really something else. To think about everything that we knew, the truths that we think we know that were created in this very same way through blinding layers of gaslighting and controlled controversy and appeals to emotion. So I want to ask you that question tonight. What are you doing? What do you think about this? What do you question because of the things that we have uh, have seen play out? And also for everything else there too, uh, you can talk about the retardation of America. You can talk about, I don't know, whatever the hell else, the, the Tucker thing that we just did. We, you can talk about what you were watching at home when you were sick. So they're throwing it all out there because this kind of a thing, it's not only breathtaking. I mean, it's um, in a number of ways, but my, oh, my, what, what she's doing 
if this is how history is uh, is really tailored, I mean, let me, for example, she what she should be doing is she should be disappearing elephants at Madison Square Garden. She should be the opening act. Someone like her should be the opening act for David Copperfield at Madison Square Garden, disappearing elephants. If she gets out of this, which she will, likely she will. She gets out of this. She should be tried, but she won't. No way. But I want to know what you guys think about that. Anyway, we've got a short break ahead of us and then the last half of the last hour. So 914-595-6953, I want to hear from you. Let's do it up. you look at that your brain will tell you that the long end is nearer to you now it is nearer to you now but now i'll put it back near my body now it's nearer to me but it still looks as if it's near you doesn't it because you're used to seeing things bigger when they are closer to you now here's the spinning motor it's simply a piece of cotton thread tied to this corner and tied to the other corner and i've wound it around in my fingers so that when i let it go in a moment it'll unwind the thread will unwind and you'll see the thing spinning. There we are. I'll hold it at the same level as your eyes and we'll let it go. Now you know that it's turning around in circles. In fact, if you look at it from above, you can see that it's turning around in a circle. But now your brain is doing something strange. It's telling you that it's not going around in a circle, but it's oscillating. In other words, it's turning part way, stopping, and then going back the other way. Now that's a strange effect, isn't it? But if you think that's strange, wait till I add something through the middle. What am I going to add? Well, I'm going to add a ballpoint pen. And to do that, I've placed a little piece of double-sided sticky tape on the ballpoint pen. You can use ordinary sticky tape if you like. I'll place it right through the centre of the window and press it in place like that. Now this time, by fixing on the pen, you'll be able to see that the pen is going around in a circle and not going backwards and forwards. But what's your brain going to tell you about the window? Will your brain allow you to see the window going around in a circle will the, with the pen? Or are you going to see something really strange? Well, have a look at that. That's unbelievable, isn't it? You can see the pen going around in a circle, but your brain is telling you that the window is going part way around and turning and going the other way. And yet in order to do that, the two things have to pass through one another, the pen and the window. You know it's not possible. You know it can't happen. And yet as you look at it, you see them going through one another every time they go around. An amazing illusion, the Ames window. Okay. 
So now we're going to be taking some of your calls. It's 914-595-6953. We had a number of things that we brought up tonight. But uh, I think the most pressing thing here at the end is in watching people deliberately and right in front of our faces gaslight us into a new understanding of history that we just lived through not even three years ago. Has that made you go and say, with as effective as this is being for at least some people, maybe not you, does it make you question what else does it make? What else have I been told in my entire life? How big have the lies been my entire life? How big have the lies been? It's a it's a wonderful, wonderful and frightening question to ask. 914-595-6953. Let's take a call from TruthQuest. How are you, TruthQuest? Any better at you, Frank. Oh, well, that's that's a high compliment, and I'm happy that you're doing that well. Yes, I, I am. Um, say, uh, one of the shows I watched when I was a kid, when we were sick, was a local TV show called uh, The Lunch with Casey Jones. And so that was, he showed cartoons. It was a local TV show. That was back when, when uh, this was more popular. And they were great shows. But then at some point in the 70s, they passed a law where they couldn't advertise to children. And all that creativity, all those cool shows were gone. Really? They couldn't yeah, advertise. And, uh, they, they couldn't advertise to children. And I mean, in what way? Like they couldn't advertise that a new children's show is coming on. I don't know. It was some kind of uh, television law where they couldn't. Uh, it, 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 I, I'm not exactly sure. Some kind of law was changed, and all of these shows across the country went away. And uh, boy, lunch with Casey was good, and we also had another one, uh, Clancy, the Clancy and Willie show where they show cartoons and they do skits and, and it was really a, a fantastic thing. And it, it kind of reminds me of, of how I got started back in the cable access days. And when you talked about lawyer uh, commercials, I, I sent you one, one of the um, shows I did back then it was Schmelnick and Schmelnick law firm. Oh. Injured, been in an accident. Look like you've been in an accident, or just want to be in an accident. We can help you. Yeah. So. So you can you can call up that. you can call up Schmelnick and Schmelnick and actually have your legs broken if you wanted. Then. <laughs> yeah. That's good. No, that's good stuff. Well, hey, you know what? You, you bring you're probably bringing up a lot of different uh, a lot of different things for people. I I another show that I remember that I used to watch a lot and I don't I don't know it sometimes when I was sick too but I know that it was originally produced in Canada and that was uh, Pasquale the singing chef that was my uh, that 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 was one of my favorite things to watch with my my grandmother again my my mother's mother so I hey there's a lot of things that pop up along the way and I'm glad you called in truth quest thank you so much for starting this off you bet you buddy take care all right learned a lot from Pasquale we always used to laugh when he sang, but he was uh, he was wise beyond all things with that singing. He sang to the food. He says it made the food happy. I did not know how uh, quantum mechanically pure that line of thought was. 
All right, let's take a call from 762. What's going on, 762? Yeah, uh, it's not so much for me. It's uh, uh, like all the craziness you're talking about. It's from people that I've known for a long, long time. And then I've said, uh, you know, like I've, I've, I've talked to them, had, you know, these are my, you know, people you grow up with, like, you know, people you know. And you say things to them like years ago and they're like, what, dude, you're, you're freaking crazy. But now they're like, oh, really? And uh, so, are you saying are you saying that you have actually noticed at least for some of the friends that uh, some of the the friends that you keep that they are actually a little bit more interested in in seeing uh, what what you think about or or they're interested in alternative uh, opinions and 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 takes on events that are going on around them because that's a good thing. This has been going gradually on for. I think, you know, kind of ever since um, Brexit and Donald Trump got elected and just like very, very slowly, but now more and just more and more and more and more and more. I mean, I I, I, I honestly, I mean, just way less. I mean, even like, even like uh, friends that like, you know, because like my friend group, I don't know how it was for you, but I imagine it's similar. It's like some of my friends are like, oh, wait, you see this, dude? Like, does this make sense to you, bro? And like, and some of our friends were like, nah, nah, nah. And then now all of us are like, dude, what, what the fuck? And then some of our parents even, some of my friends' parents even. Well, like, you boomers, can't, you, you know, can, like, you, wait you a minute, what? You can't say, you so cannot. I think that's the, well, you, you well you can't. That, that's a good thing. You're calling in with a a, a nice uh, upbeat, and and I and I I've got that situation there. I've got that. Uh, I've I've made those observations as well in my own life. There have been people I have not never expected to. And thank you for the call. I want to keep moving. Thank you. Great call right there because it it, it adds a little bit more of a a lighter side to this there too. That some people are continue to slip into the darkness, and others are are being drawn out into the light. That they 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 don't want to see the shadow puppetry on the wall and in the uh, the allegory in the cave anymore. They want to go see what those who have escaped are talking about. And lo and behold, boy, there's a whole lot to see out there. Many people have gone deeper into the cave, no doubt about it. But there are those who surprise you, and I think we're really just separating the wheat from the chafe at this point. Um, that yeah, no doubt about it. Separating it all. And we're, there's a great sorting that is being done. We're all sorting ourselves out as this continues to quicken. And hell. But, but you know, one of those things that quickens it. One of those things that quickens it. As ex-U.S. Army PSYOP expert was talking about this in regards to, um, to Tucker Carlson. What's his name again? Car- uh, uh, Bennett? Scott Bennett. They wanted Tucker off the air to maintain a semi-lobotomized, quasi-retarded population. That means that if he wasn't being effective and that if people were not stirring, if the, the, the inmates were not getting a little bit more restless, then maybe he'd be allowed to go and do his thing. But for one reason or another, it's, it's gone. I mean, nobody's perfect up there, but you got to say that uh, it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world having at least one voice like Tucker Carlson 
in um, on television. Still, that the whole thing there shows you is that there is still a little bit of there's still a little bit of hope for people to break out of that standing face to back, shuffling along kind of a mentality, and. Hey, we'll uh, we'll we'll see how far it goes. We'll see we'll see if they're able to to really start because this is one of those things. Just like with what's her name, Randy Whitengarden or whatever the hell it is. When you see something like that go on, you 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 if you're d- thinking deeper, you're not just saying, "Wow, she's lying." She's lying. It was the teachers that were trying to keep them out of school more and more. They're the, they're abusing children. And then, of course, we started seeing what they're trying to teach children. They didn't want anybody to see what they were teaching. They wanted privacy with the children as they were beaming into their homes. Didn't like that parents were snooping in on the curriculum. I mean, there was so much that went wrong for them educationally during COVID. It was really a godsend in many ways, aside from those who suffered so greatly. Um. But, you know, we're going to have to go through great tribulation to be able to find some kind of a, a light at the end of the tunnel. So we got to be able to, to find those silver linings. That was one of them. But watching her lie about it, if you're looking deeper beyond just that one particular egregious lie, you're saying, what else does this mean about what we've been taught in school, about every major modern American and world event? how all of this is obviously so interconnected, how much of it has been bullshit? Or how much of it has at least been half-truths? So uh, I think that seeing a lie like that be so poorly acted and also seeing someone like Tucker Carlson yanked off the air when he was literally the only thing that got people to watch one particular uh, you know, network over any other, uh, any other. That's something that's just like, okay, well, I'm going to follow him wherever. And now they're going to be following him to a place where he might be able to say, and I hope he says, much more than he did before. That's a good thing. I think those who stay with cable, those are uh, mostly representing a good portion of the population that are going to go deeper into the cave, in the allegory of the cave. So continuing to sort things out and every once in a while something so out of left field happens that it actually acts as an a red pill moment you know uh, tucker carlson getting fired from fox news might actually be a red pill moment for a lot of your your great uncles you know whoever the hell else is watching the television they, they that actually might be a red pill moment for some people gotta be all right let's go patrick you're on the air go ahead hey frank <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call, man. Great to hear from you. Uh, touch on, Are you on speakerphone, Pat? Yeah, touch on, No, uh, Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Okay. Well, it t- it, sa- it sounds it sounds like shit tooth. I always sound like shit tooth. Probably used to it by now. Well, come on, hold on. Well, let's let's just take take the uh, the Bluetooth yeah. off. No, no. I I. It sounds like you're inside of a garbage can. So just take the okay, Bluetooth. Wait, wait, wait. Ah, shit. Is that better? No, it sounds even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in Florida, and it's raining like a hurricane, and I'm sitting in my, uh, not my, yeah, my garage, actually. All right, but, well, well, I, uh, I, I, I wish I knew. I, I think I, I think I heard you say you're in Florida, Patrick, but it's not going to be good enough to carry on a conversation. Can you not put the phone up to your 
your your face or what? How's this? Better? No, no, it's not. Uh, listen, I have you saved in here as Patrick. If you call back from a different phone, a landline, that would be great, man. I'll uh, I'll be on the lookout for you. I'm sorry, but I I can't uh, can't do that, ladies and gentlemen. No Bluetooth and no speakerphone. Please do yourself a favor and me. Billy from Michigan, what's going on? Hey, thank God I was able to get through to you. Uh, warm greetings to you, Frank, and to the uh, all the dear, quite frankly, family out there. Um, greetings. I just tuned in late, and um, I'm not sure uh, what the topic of interest is, but uh, there is something of a wonderful report uh, I would like to share. Um, was there something? Uh, what was the big question? Uh, prior to you uh, uh, requesting phone calls. Just, uh, Billy, at this point, it is just whatever you, whatever amazing thing you want to break very quickly. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll try to keep this under 75 seconds. Uh, uh, the good Lord, uh, God Almighty, sent his angel uh, on the O'Dark 30 Saturday morning, 25th of February, and collected the soul of my dear little cinnamon girl, Kelly Josephine. I called her Kelly Joe, and um, she, she knew all her sins were washed away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and she knew she was clothed with the garments of salvation, and she knew that the Lord Jesus had imputed to her, that means charged to her account, his perfect robe of eternal, flawless righteousness i'm gonna tell you what frank and people out there listening after she passed when she passed you should have seen the angelic peaceful countenance on her face it's been an amazing uh, time and uh, a lot of hot tears but greatly rejoicing in the mighty god and uh thanks for letting me uh, uh tell you folks that well, Billy, who, I, I'm 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 sorry to hear about your loss. Was this a? Uh, I'm and I'm sorry if, if you had brought her up in prior in prior calls. Is this a a, a wife, a mother, a daughter? Who who are we talking about? Oh, uh, uh, my my little cinnamon girl, my wife of like 31, 32 years. I uh, I married her when I was in the SEAL teams on active duty in the early nineties, and uh, we've been. Uh, real tight and uh we've done some amazing things uh uh we lived in a foreign country together um uh, uh it's well, all good well i, I, I um we can I, we can I, we can I, feel we we'll definitely feel the the emotion through the phone billy and I, i'm 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 glad you got through and I'm, I'm glad you got to say your piece and 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 i know there's gonna be a lot of people who listen to this who are listening to it now and and uh, and afterwards, who are going to keep you in your prayers, and and also prayers for the repose of the soul of your 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 cinnamon girl. And I'm glad you got to introduce her to us a little bit here tonight. Roger, almost done, uh, Frank and family. Um, I'm at total total peace uh, as we speak. She's with the Master Christ Jesus, the Lord, our righteousness in paradise right now. Thank you for taking my call, big fella. Thank you, Billy. Have a good night, and uh, all the best to you and the family. Adios, hombre. All right, be well. There you go. Okay. Well, we get we get it from all angles. 
things come through and you just got just got to be ready for it especially if you're in my position you got to be ready for it all and it gets emotional real quick and that was you know that's obviously a very very important call for billy there there you go 914-595-6953 let's take a call here's another one uh, 985 you're on the air go ahead Hey, Frank, this is uh, Southern Lady Tiger again. What's going on, Southern Lady Tiger? Uh, n- not a whole lot. We have beautiful weather down here, by the way. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. It's been an annoyingly cold week over here in New York. Uh, we, we got teased uh, with 70s like two weeks ago. I thought that was going to be it, and now we're in the, uh, the 40s and 30s at night again. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like cold weather. But um, no, first of all, I wanted to say prayers to the previous caller. That's that's tough, but he seems at peace. So, but my main call is to say, I think you kind of stole my thunder there a little bit. Uh, I was going to say the only good thing to come out of the lockdown was the fact that parents started finding out what their children were learning at school. Mm. You know, I was a teacher's aide for 25 years. I spent 25 years in the school system, in the public school system. And it's here in the South, it's not quite as bad, I'm sure, as it is in places like New York and California. But um, there is a little bit of that push towards more liberal ideas. But, um, yeah, all the parents found out what their children were learning, and I thought that that's the only good thing to come out of that lockdown. Oh, and, and, and you know what? And talk about, talk about red pill moments and talk about getting people on a different path and seeing so all of a sudden you know, being pulled out of that, that cave where you're just watching the shadow puppetry, and now suddenly you are starting to wonder what the hell is going on. Think about, think about the experience for someone who was not looking into this stuff prior to all of the the government lockdowns over covid and then they start they start first feeling the impact by their children are being kept home from school they start seeing how they're being affected socially and everything else then they start looking into what they're actually learning through school at home and they start realizing what the hell has been pumped into their heads this entire time without their knowing and maybe being a little bit too trusting and not paying attention then on top of all that stuff here we are three years later and we're trying to pick up the pieces for what was done to us and our children and everybody else you know not only the children but the elderly and not even here but all over the world and they see someone like this randy whiter garden ogre woman over there before a, uh, you know, a congressional committee pretending like it wasn't them the whole time that was pushing for it to happen and to keep it going. I mean, that is something, again, like I say, you've already had your world shaken up. You're already starting to suspect the people who are in control of things that you always thought was going to be working to the betterment of you and your children. But then to go see them lie in such a historically revisionist way for something that happened pr- practically a couple of week- weeks ago it feels like it wasn't even right. some, it's not even you know you can you can have somebody say you know per, uh, at this point anybody can go out there and put out a new JFK theory because you know the more decades separate you from that 
But this is just so fresh. I have to imagine that there's a lot of parents out there drinking from the conspiracy theory fire hose at the moment because if this was all bullshit and they're lying about it and trying to change it in front of our faces right now, what the hell else have they been telling us since before I was even born? It's a, it's a, Absolutely. It's a big shift. It really is. Yeah, it did red pill a lot of people, and that's, like I said, that's the only good thing that came out of that lockdown because it was it was miserable. I mean, we were closed. Our school system was closed the entire last nine weeks of uh, 2021. We When we reopened, the masks, the hand sanitizer, the, and then we were platooning. Kids were coming to school every other day. You know, and then on Friday, one group would come, and then the next Friday, the next group would come. The, the parents couldn't even keep up with what was going on. It was a mess. Yeah. But then we finally went to, you know, full full classes, and it was much better. But it, it really was a miserable time for the school kids, you know. And all of these kids were so glad to get back to school when the school reopened full time. Well, they were, work with Aurora. She's going to get better from you. Oh, she's going to homeschool. He's going to homeschool. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt about it. That's 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 in the bag at this point. I there's not there, I have no reservation whatsoever. And no, no. Uh, I, please do cuz uh like I said, it's not quite as bad down here where where we went to school. They put in their little few cents every now and then, but we weren't teaching CRT. Uh, it was not an, an accepted lesson for any of our students, but um, you know the grooming was still going on. Well, anyway, uh, I, a great call, and thank you to both of you over there for the call, and and I hope you have a great night, and I'm I'm glad that you you made it through. Okay, you too. Have a good night, Frank. Take care, guys. Be well. Yes. Yes. All right, let's see what else we got coming in. 914-595-6953. You know, this is this is how um last night Leroy Press called in. He called in from the Anthony Fauci protest in New York City and he mused about what he should ask Fauci if he actually got within earshot of him and I suggested that the New York City he should ask him about the New York City orphans. Um whose murder he shares responsibility for. And he said, I didn't know too much about that, but I was going to talk about it. And I, I don't know, I brought this up before in the past, our good friend, Liam chef and Liam, he lost his life in April of 2017. And I would suggest that you go to quite frankly on the blog section and you read his final thoughts that he put out there, um, that the last thing that he published before he died, he was in he was a pretty, pretty terrible condition, and I miss him greatly, and all the talks we used to have, he was really a, a, a wonderful guy, a controversial guy. If he was around and working, he would uh, uh, for, for many in this audience, it would be a day to day. Do I like Liam today, or do I not not like Liam today? Because he just did not care whose toes he stepped on, what traditions he befouled or anything like that. But he was just relentless in pursuit of whatever kind of answers he was looking for. And um, 
and he suffered no fools, or at least people he thought were fools. Anyway, he did fantastic work. He had so much compassion, especially for children. And he uncovered a lot of this stuff. I mean, I'm going to read this uh, one day. What I I actually have it over here. Official stories by Liam Sheff. You got to get this. And one day I'm going to read the Scarlet Letter chapter. Not live on, on air, though, because it's too long. It's about 30 pages. It's all about AIDS. Because he did not. He 100% did not believe HIV was the trigger for AIDS, which is just the, the, the decimation of the immune system. And, you know, in this book, in, in, in uh, his book, The Real Anthony Fauci, RFK, RFK Jr. actually references and gives Liam Sheff proper credit for the work he did in exposing what was an NIH takeover of this Washington Heights orphanage in New York City, in Manhattan. And it's monstrous what the NIH, under people like Anthony Fauci, did to these children when they are testing these black box AIDS drugs. The mutilation and the death and destruction of these children's lives out there. Now, other outlets like the the Gateway Pundit, they referenced Liam's work uh, a couple of times over the last few years when this this story about the the orphanage, the Catholic orphanage, which was taken over by the NIH. Even Liam says that the, the, the Catholic nuns who were working this orphanage, they were really doing good work and they, they were really there for the children. And then came in the NIH and, um, they, they were hesitant to really give him credit and talk about him too much outside of wanting to expose someone like Anthony Fauci and the NIH for being behind terrible experiments, one of so many, and many that we'll never even know about, because Liam called bullshit on HIV AIDS in general, and for most of the same reasons why we now have smelled a rat with how COVID was used against us. If Liam were alive, for 2020 to 2023, I can't even imagine the kind of work he would have done. I can't even imagine it. If he had his faculties and everything in, in, in working order, it would have been fucking masterful. Because when you read this chapter in particular, this book goes through everything. What is the CIA? JFK, 9-11, Shakespeare, uh, HPV shots, everything. Official stories is, is really just wonderful. And, um, but in this book, he first is, when he's talking about HIV AIDS, he first establishes the norms of the gay party scene, the promiscuity combined with the overdosing of antibiotics and recreational drugs that were all used in tandem with the recreational activities that they were doing in the clubs and the bathhouses and all that stuff. And, and, and let me just say, he writes it from a standpoint that is completely non-judgmental. He is a, uh, if anything, a sexual libertarian, but he's just telling it as it is. And uh, he goes into how all of that drug taking really affected basic gut health, which means, of course, the immune function is disappearing because you're destroying, if you destroy your gut, the biome down there, then you're destroying over 70% of your immune system. But then on top of all that, after laying the groundwork for what was going on inside of the target community, because that is what the media really focused in on, was, you know, gay men 
He then layered in the media response, the formulation of an HIV test that, of course, triggered false positives with everything, pregnant women, everything like that. Pregnancy, false positive, everybody had HIV. And then the rush to disseminate, develop and disseminate treatments that were far more deadly than the diagnosis. Does that all sound familiar to you? Because the same people were involved. It's just, it's really just incredible to think about it. But now I just reduced a 30-page chapter to a few, a few sentences, uh, but he leaves no stones unturned. Names, places, molecules, and yes, Anthony Fauci's in there. But, you know, this is just one of those things where you see how you see how a story is managed you see how it's brought to its zenith you see the the falling action and you see the resolution and how it is then um worked with and manipulated so that future audiences can digest it and make sure that all the blame is put in the proper places that nobody is really called out for one nefarious action over another it was all exactly as they all said it and you just don't know how many times a uh, something's been edited you don't know how many times the Ministry of Truth has been at has been at work to retroactively create a story, to retcon a story, to make it make sense for future audiences who uh, have no emotional connection to the events in question. That's the real question. That's the real issue here. You know, we're all very emotionally connected to what we just lived through. For future audiences, they are going to be so much more objective about about picking through history, which is why they need to make sure that the history that is going to be told in the next couple of generations is set in stone so that people who have less allegiance to being right, like people right now, need to be right for one reason or another, especially if you've been saucing up with all these fucking shots and boosters. There's less reason for people two, three generations down the line to be right about things. Okay, you know, I don't know how easy it was for people in, you know, 1950 to um, to theorize that we actually did in many ways instigate the Japanese into bombing Pearl Harbor. I don't know how easy that would have been back in 1950 with all those World War Two veterans uh, uh, walking around who uh, just went through hell. I don't know how easy it would have been. But we can talk about that now all day. And still you have to jump through hoops. The Civil War. We, you know, the changing of history is real. And, um, and you have to keep that in mind. And you have to consume a lot of things. Even things that make you feel uncomfortable reading it from time to time. Because, uh, you, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's value in that, I believe. All right. 8.57. I think we're done for the night. There's more to do tomorrow. It's a Friday. Matt will be in, I believe. I um, I asked him, I said, Matt, you, can you make us a top 10 tips for surviving an encounter with Mothman? He said, sure, I can do that, bro. And so we'll, hopefully tomorrow we have that. Hopefully tomorrow we have that because it'll go nice hand in hand with everything else. So um, what did I have here? Anything else? No. No, that's all. It is... Oh, wait a second. It is a... Uh, it's Throwback Thursday on QuiteFrankly.tv. I have thrown in a couple of suggestions for tonight's show, including this really great 
Coast to Coast episode with Dan Aykroyd from, I think, December of 2001 or something like that. It's a really good one. So there is also a Quite Frankly episode that's only about an hour and 20 minutes from 2018 that was actually sent to me by Mike from Maryland. said, hey, if you're looking for some throwback material, this is a great episode. It had some good rants in it. So you're going to have Quite Frankly from 2018, and then there's going to be some other great stuff leading you into the rest of the, the, the night. And I'll be in there. I'll be in the chat room on QuiteFrankly.tv hanging out with you because i got to eat a little something. I'm starving. Let me go through all the super chats and make sure that we've got everything all right. Over on Rumble, we got some rants. Tropical Rocket says, I don't like that people uh, naively criticize people that have gone through things that are beyond their wildest nightmares, but demographic replacement is real done by the... Is real done by the lizard people? Uh... I don't know. I don't like that people naively criticize people that have gone through things that are beyond their worst nightmares, but demographic replacement is real. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, I think I understand what you're saying here now. Uh, there is nothing there, you know, to, to criticize a person or to, there's no minimizing the kind of suffering that people who are going on treks across the desert to go into a foreign country and then really not hap- know what's going to happen to you next, especially if you're a child. Um, children need stability. And to move around like a nomad like that with a bunch of strangers and have no parents, no nothing, no guidance, no safety, no one looking out for your best interest to be a literal commodity, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And the first thing that needs to be done is for any of that activity to be completely dissuaded. So you're not really... You're not really doing away with and dismissing, uh, uh, you know, the other side of the story and what hell they're going through because they're victims as well. But we're a victim. We're a victim, too. And it just so happens that the puppet masters that are doing this, orchestrating this whole thing, are using them as weapons. Even though they're victims, they're also a weapon, a biological weapon, if you'd like. So it's um, it's a rat's nest and they want to make a complex and impossible to navigate politically because then uh, it's easier to dominate us. Christoa says, Frank, even when you're feeling wonky, your show is always great. Thank you. Do I look wonky tonight, Christoa? What are you trying to say with that one? I think I feel pretty good tonight. Oh, geez, now you're making me all self-conscious. Social Observer says, history is a lie agreed upon by the victors. Larkstar says, great week, Frank, so much. Did you watch Dark Shadows, old vampire show? That was a good one. No, but my mother did. My mother watched a lot of Dark Shadows. Um, I think I might have seen a couple of reruns. Is that the one with Barnaby? What's what's his name? I forget. So obviously, if I've ever seen, I might be able to pick it out if I watch a few scenes, but um, I I don't have enough personal experience with it. Chatty KC says, found a real good red pill for normies. Rabbit hole week. Rabbit hole week Sutherland. Rabbit hole WK Sutherland. Okay. Swickley says, we need mass directed prayer 
for the exorcism of our country. Mass-directed prayer, I'm down for. You know, Poopy Butthole used, used to call in. He doesn't do that a lot now, but he would uh, he tried to organize people to, to, to pray or meditate at the same time of day. I don't know when it was. I forgot when it was. 11-11? Uh, some kind of a cosmically significant number just so that we had something to coordinate with that is real so i would um i would no no doubt that that'd do something that'd be something i'd uh i'd love to see people doing more of but um but yeah thank you everybody over there with the rumble rants thank you to all of my friends on on foxhole on quite frankly.tv i'll be hanging out with you in just a little bit so get over there right now enjoy the rest of the night over on quite frankly superchat.com here's the last couple of ones here elizabeth barry says hey frank my husband and i have been enjoying relating to your show for years now thank you for being a breath of fresh air among the smog do you still want a puppy for that sweet little baby of yours we raise labradoodles i have one for you oh my gosh if lauren is watching right now her heart has skipped skipped several beats uh, yes, we do want to get a uh, a dog for her eventually. We have to make a couple of different moves first, and I don't know. Oh, man. Elizabeth Barry, do me a favor. Just for shits and giggles, send me some pictures of these puppies, please. Just so I can torment Lauren and myself. That's so nice of you. That really is. Just send me a picture of the puppies. I want to see them. And I'm sure people at home are are wanting to see them now, too. Albert Frederick says they have poisoned the water, they have poisoned the skies, they have poisoned the food. Now they're directly poisoning the population and bringing a new one, uh, bringing in a new one, and we still do nothing. Trans nation, you get what you deserve. Well, thank you so much, Albert, and Stostube, sending good evening. That was from before. All right, that's all. Good night, everybody. Don't be a semi-lobotomized, quasi-retarded person, okay? And tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we'll be getting together to put a nice little bow on this week. All right? Get to quitefrankly.tv right now. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'll be there with you soon. Yes. Good night. Just a little bit of a reminder, a word to the wise, if you will. Do not worry about the worries from yesterday. Leave it in the past. Move forward with confidence because there are so many new things to be experienced today. New joy to be had. So move forward, be strong, and have a great rest of your day. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, a film before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatters, starting with Elizabeth Barry, Albert Frederick, Stostube, KT Sky D, and our wonderful friends on Rumble and on Foxhole. Thank you, guys and gals. Get around to more of you and some more fun tomorrow night. See you then.
think about it, though, Tom. Some weight loss. AIDS? Nobody's got AIDS. I don't want to hear that word here again. <laughs>